Welcome to the Good Politics Podcast, presented by Lead Ethically. I'm your host, Dr. Jesse Benyon. On Good Politics, we explore what it means to lead well at this time, answering questions like, are good politics really possible? And what will it take to overcome this partisan divide and come together and lead well? You'll get insight into some of the most important issues in politics, government, and leadership today through the lens of a political science professor and lifelong politics nerd. You'll hear from real leaders in the trenches of state and local governments, nonprofits, and the private sector. While you might not see it on the news, there are thousands of stories of leaders choosing their communities over partisanship, ethics over power grabbing, and hope over cynicism. We want to tell their stories, the stories about the possibilities of good politics. Hi, everyone. I am so glad you are here today. I want to begin today's episode with just sending a big thank you to all of my friends and family who have given me such encouragement about these first episodes of the Good Politics Podcast. It is super um, just encouraging to hear from you. I want to be open to feedback. So if anyone has ideas for episodes or topics you would like me to pursue or cover or teach about, let me know. Send me an email. Get in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. On today's episode, I have a really interesting conversation with my business partner, Jeff Mangan, all about leadership and service and really his story and what drives him and his values in his work. And I'm excited to share it with you today because I think it's just a really good encapsulation of what we want to do with this podcast and what we want to do with Lead Ethically, the website. So my goals for this episode is really to talk about public service in a way that advances the dignity and the worth of that work. Because again, it is really hard these days to be a public servant. And I think that the conversations that will come out of this podcast today will be worthwhile. So if you want to share this with maybe with a colleague or with a friend who is interested in how good politics work, I would I would sure appreciate that. So I want to talk about Lead Ethically because it is a brand new website that we are going to be launching that will be a way to get leadership training that is very accessible to you. I met Jeff about a year and a half ago, I, I knew him from a distance and I admired his work and his different public capacities. But I met him and he told me about this idea about Lead Ethically. And immediately I was taken because I knew from my teaching and I had knew and I and I knew from observing politics that there is a big need right now for leaders of excellent values. And so this website, Lead Ethically, is going to be a place where experts in leadership will provide trainings, where it will be accessible to anyone at any time because it's on your computer. It's on the website, leadethically.com. And hopefully it will grow into a place where there will be a community of people that care about good governance. So enough of that for me. I think that the interview with Jeff will really just show the heart behind what we want to do. And so without further ado, here's Jeff and I talking about Lead Ethically. I want to spend some time, Jeff, this morning with you. Now we're sitting here in our Helena office. It's a brand new little office, and we have been working together for about a year, right? Yeah, a little, almost a year and a half. Yeah, a little over a year and a half. I would love if you told, I guess, everyone about why you had this idea for Lead Ethically. What, What brought it to you? 
Well, that's a great question, and it's, and it's something we've talked about quite a bit. But one thing in general, I believe, you know, it's just a kind of a personal opinion that leadership and ethics resources and education aren't available to everybody. There's just they're just not. And whether it be a barista at your local Starbucks or town clerk or someone wanting to get involved in politics and run for the legislature or some a mom and pop business or even you know someone working for a large corporation and is interested in C-suite and, and, and all that. Leadership and ethics, training, education resources just aren't available. And I think they should be, and they should be accessible to everybody, whoever has an interest. So that's kind of the whole basis of Lead Ethically. Yeah, and you, I guess a year and a half ago, you approached me with this idea, and you said this has been on my mind for years now, like that there is a need that you see. And then you said, are you interested in this? And I said, yes, I'm very interested. I see this need in my own my own work as a teacher and in training my students in their future work in government, in nonprofits, in politics, that they that that this is a, a very very unique time that we have an opportunity to affect and to help people and so when you told me about it I was first of all I was like yes that's needed and then second of all I'm all in Jeff maybe you could tell us a little bit about your work and what brought you to public service like sure. what draw, drew you to it yeah, let me let me just jump right back to to the leadership and ethics, you know, training and, and resources really quick, and then I'll jump into that public service thing. Truly a conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. let, me, let, let's, let me make sure everybody understands that there are a number of wonderful leadership programs um, in every state with um, great university systems, and Montana included. The problem I see is they're just not accessible to everyone. So while those folks continue to do what they do and if people have an opportunity to participate in a in a say a leadership montana or the kansas leadership institute um, or any of the number of of leadership programs that are out there fantastic go for it i encourage it but it's just not available to everybody so i want to make sure try to have a safe place where folks can go log in talk about ethics talk about leadership learn a little bit and feel better about themselves and hopefully take it back to whatever they're doing and and uh, be a better person and a better yeah. leader. Yeah, so. and and having that opportunity to do that from wherever you are, your home, right. your work and and have it and having that community hopefully build it, that is that's the key to this idea. So, I guess I want to hear then the story. I mean, this is a big question, so do not feel like you need to go in. But but what drew you to public service, and and maybe just a little bit of your story in public service. Yeah, I look at public service as in more. I kind of again, kind of a broad scope. Um, public service to me includes things like volunteering for a nonprofit um, in your community. You know, nonprofits who are doing work on behalf of their community or behalf of citizens of the community working with your children's school or, or uh, school system, just going into a class, um, seeing what's, what's happening, participating in your local government's um, work group, work meetings and committee meetings and boards and advisories, see what's happening there, all the way to 
running for elected office or participating in an appointed role in 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 public service in, in some fashion you know all through all levels of government whether it be school boards cities towns counties the state federal etc so i kind of when i started as a young man i worked for a lot of nonprofits and it just kind of continued to to blossom. I enjoyed working with others. I enjoyed giving back. You know, maybe we were, you know, a lot of us were paying things forward before pay it forward became kind of a thing or we really even thought about it. And, you know, so that's just kind of where it grew. My public service in government started. It was working for a nonprofit and the city of Great Falls in the 90s decided to um, have kind of a, they called them youth justice councils. So they asked for volunteers from around the community to Um, who are interested in giving back to serve on what they called youth justice councils where kids who are getting into trouble, rather than go through the court system, they were put into this diversion program and they met with these, these councils met up of, you know, just folks from around the community who worked with them to get them back on a path that was positive and, and hopefully staying out of the court system. Um, So that was and that was sponsored by the city of Great Falls and, and a number of other folks in, in Great Falls. And then I just kind of grew, my interest grew from there. I ran for the legislature, continued to serve on committees after the legislature with, I served at the, the Great Falls Airport Authority. I served on uh, committees for the city and the county and Cascade County, all the way up to my appointment as Commissioner of Political Practices um, a, a few years ago, completed that term. Now I'm just kind of back in private business and and more, I guess, being more of an evangelist as far as getting, you know, encouraging folks to become more involved in their community and you know, in whatever that community might be, whether that's a community community or a community of volunteers or a community of nonprofits or a community of businesses, whatever. Leadership is something that you talk about a lot and the values that you use in your work and your ethics and your and and I would like love to hear I know this is a is a deep question but it's a really important question what are your values when it comes to leadership and service I like to think you know these kind of questions it's like oh my goodness I don't want to be patting myself on the back because that's not it you know there's so much more for me to learn and to understand and to be a, a better person each and every day but I, I truly believe that a core value of mine, and I think hopefully of everybody, should be honesty. Somebody should be seen as honest and trustworthy. Hopefully, if you're honest and trustworthy, you're more approachable. You're more likely to answer questions candidly. I just think people are, are better people when, when they're being honest. In this day and age, <laughs> unfortunately, at least as I see it, it's harder and harder for, for people to be truly honest. They mm-hmm. kind of the, the lines is getting blurred more and more often, um, whether it be in politics or you know just you know social media or you know whatever whatever an issue might be, even around uh, you know a family dinner table. It's it's just hard to be honest, and I don't I understand why because of what's happening in the world today. I just don't understand why people choose to participate like that. So. Yeah, that leads me to a question that I consider on a daily basis really is why is leadership so hard right now again it's going to sound like a broken record it's too easy to lie i think it's too easy to lie today or to fib or to stretch the truth 
or to or just to be you know just to not answer a question truthfully by just not answering and it's and it's accepted it's becoming unfortunately more and more acceptable to engage in misinformation or you know stretch the truth and the more and more we do that the more and more it becomes accepted the more and more it becomes the norm and then unfortunately what's not normal anymore is just truth-telling individuals who don't have necessarily a political bone in their body. They just want to do what's right or what they, they see as right. And they're afraid to, to do that because they're now in the minority. At I'm, least that's my view. Yeah, I, I'm i shaking my head yes, 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 as Jeff speaks, because I am looking around and looking for leaders that are honest, that are true to their word, that are taking their jobs seriously. And that's what we want to highlight in these uh, podcasts and conversations, but who is a leader then that you think is getting it right, that you admire? And and I know there's probably a lot of people that you've worked with in yeah. the past, but who's someone that comes to mind? I thought I knew you'd ask this question, and I thought about it quite a bit. So I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a not so probably an answer that people would think, and then a general answer. So the general answer first, I admire any leader in a small community that decides to run for public office, whether it be a mayor or a town councilman, who want to put in the effort, work with their neighbors, and do better for their community, like Mayor Hinduin in Shoto, or you know, any of the any of our hundreds of council people across the, the state of Montana, for example. Um, I admire them because they want to do something better for their community. And they sign up to run for office and they get out there and they do the hard work that everyone else expects elected officials to do. So in general, anyone who's regardless of their politics, I admire them because they should be admired. If we don't start admiring those folks, we're not going to have leaders at that level. And if we don't have leaders at that level, the whole system, I think, starts to fall apart. Kind of a quirky answer. I mean... I was thinking, you know, I like, my, you know, Mike Mansfield, Mark Roscoe, um, you know, a, a number. But it's truly the local mayor um, who is working day in and day out for hardly anything to better their community. And those are folks I think everybody should admire. In the bigger picture, this might surprise you, but I was thinking about that. So I really admire Serena Williams. She has been somebody I've kind of followed. It's kind of sports, but she she quietly goes about helping literally hundreds of minorities and women um, through her philanthropy, through her business dealings, through working with um, investments for um, uh, her community. And she doesn't ask for anything in return. But she's that. helping... All of these people, women, minorities, others, and lifting them up um, and not necessarily going out there looking for a pat on the back or anything else. That's so. that's so inspiring to me because I have followed a little bit of her story. I know that she is obviously an amazing athlete, but to be able to use whatever platform that you are given and not necessarily, I didn't know the other part about her story. I didn't know that, you know, the philanthropy part. And to me, that is also a sign of a, of a leader where they are quietly doing the work. And I also appreciate what you said about all of those local officials that are working, like you said, day in and day out in really more and more difficult conditions 
our politics right now. It, it's Some of them are hard. probably afraid to even say that that's what they're doing. I know. In their yeah. own community because the way partisan politics has kind of permeated everything that's done. So, um, so unfortunately, or fortunately, but unfortunately for good politics, more and more of them are afraid to say what they're doing. They just quietly get the work done. And a lot of folks in their own communities don't realize the work that all of these folks are doing on their behalf. Um, lots of good ones. Every, and I'm sure every community has, you know, a bad seed or someone that's, you know, maybe a little, a little out there. Um, but that's okay. That's the way our system works. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, you'll vote them in or out the next time. But you know, they signed up to do it. And if you don't like what they're doing, you can sign up to do it. I 100% agree. So at the end of every interview that I have. On this podcast, I ask the same question, and you are the first, you are the inaugural person that I'm going to ask this question to. Do you think that good politics are still possible? Of course. And we wouldn't be doing this together if if I didn't think it was possible. You know, and you and I have had this conversation many a time in the in the past couple of years that politics isn't necessarily what everyone thinks of politics. You know, politics clearly on Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, et cetera. But there's also the politics of you know, business and politics at home and, and those type of things that just permeate in everything we do. So as far as politics, politics, absolutely possible, but it's going to take a lot of work. And my th- I think more and more people need to be honest with each other and upfront and more outspoken, not afraid to to say you know, what they believe in. And then other folks just need to get a grip and be nice and not tear people down the minute they think they disagree with something that they were said and they haven't listened to the entire story. And it's, you know, I think if we start doing those two things, being honest with ourselves, being honest with others and listening, even if it's a different point of view, trying to learn something new um, and being respectful in, in that interaction is a path to good politics, no matter where you're at. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for taking the time this morning to talk to us, and I really appreciate all that you do, and I admire all that you have done in public service. Special thanks to Jeff for that conversation. I really appreciate that he took part of his day to talk with me and with us about his ideas, about how leadership has been a goal and a value for him. And I sure I sure appreciate it. I want to tell you that I am teaching a class right now at Montana State University. And I had just the loveliest reflection written by a student that really captured kind of the call right now to better leadership. And I'm going to pull that up, her paper. I asked for her permission to share it with you all, which is um, a big deal to me. I'm so thankful to Lydia for saying, yes, I could share part of her written reflection from from some class uh, work that we were learning about multiculturalism at the time. I'm going to read it here. Lydia says, in a time of vulnerability or crisis, We look to leadership for direction, reassurance, or for a call to action. This is true in all facets of society and all levels of our group identities. Children look to their parents, community members look to their city and state leadership, and American citizens look to their president. 
And students look to their professors. What will become of us as a nation if we fall from democracy? When will it be too late? Will the American democratic experiment simply become another lecture slide? Or is now the right time to make a difference? And Lydia, that when I read that paragraph, I said, that is it exactly. I think that a lot of us are looking around and we are looking for reassurance and direction, a call to action and true leadership. As I leave our episode today, I have a kind of reflection question. Now here's Professor Benyon here, but here's a a reflection question that I want you to just take with you today. And that is, do you feel that the kind of work you are doing or the kind of places that you are volunteering and or the kind of community you are building, do you feel that it is contributing to good politics? That's the question. And that's the question that I ask myself really continually. Thanks, everyone. Bye. I know I just said goodbye, but I would not leave you hanging. I have my recommendation, and it's a good one. Okay, so I love awards season. I love the Oscar nominations. I'm one of those people. So I, I, you know, maybe some of you are rolling your eyes. Maybe some of you are like, yes, I agree. They are amazing. So best picture, let's talk about it. And then I will kind of zone in on one film in particular that you absolutely have to watch. So best picture nominations, when I'm, I have a list right in front of me, um, I've seen a lot of these. Of course, Barbie critically acclaimed but commercially acclaimed obviously if you haven't seen barbie by now <laughs> i don't i don't i don't know what to tell you oppenheimer absolutely fantastic i read the oppenheimer biography uh, that's a pulitzer prize winning biography the film is fantastic the holdovers such a such a heartwarming christmas centered flick that just left me feeling all warm and fuzzy and it will become a regular during the holiday season for me to watch. But the film I want to focus on is Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm putting my recommendation on this because of the transformative acting of Lily Gladstone, our Montana treasure. If you have not seen her act in this film, you absolutely need to do this as soon as possible. Killers of the Flower Moon was a book that came out, I don't know how many years ago, but it really focused on the birth of the FBI because of all of these murders that were happening in Osage Nation. Martin Scorsese, as a director, decided that he was going to, with consulting with the Osage, that he needed to really focus more on the stories of the families and the people that were murdered. So because of that, we get to see Lily Gladstone probably become an Oscar winner. Now, I don't know if this is a, is a prediction from me, but yes, okay, I'll just say that I really feel that she is going to win or she deserves to win. So that's my recommendation. Please watch her. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, understated, stoic acting that is like very, very worthy of an Oscar. And it's just super exciting. Montana doesn't have a lot of celebrities, right? And when they do this caliber of work, and they get nominated, and more people get to find um, their talent, it's just like super thrilling as a Montanan. So that is my recommendation this week. Please go watch Killers of the Flower Moon. Thanks for tuning into the Good Politics Podcast. 
If you'd like to learn more about ethical leadership or join a group of leaders helping their communities thrive, head over to leadethically.com to join our digital community. Until next time, lead well.